This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. And we're back with segment two of RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint. You see, Kurt has reading glasses just like me. He might be young. He might be younger, but, you know, it happens to the best of us. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel here in Fort Lauderdale. He's Kurt Heelan. He's actually younger than he looks. From Pro Basketball Talk and NBCSports.com out there in the Los Angeles area. If you missed our first segment, we went around the league. Spoke about Jimmy Butler being at Pau Gasol's jersey retirement last night in Los Angeles. Spoke about the John Moran factor and whether a week from today he will be available and back reinstated in the NBA for the Memphis Grizzlies. We also spoke about a few other issues, including all-star MVP voting and whether there's a racial component. You can find any of that on the Big O outlets for podcasts anywhere on the web. Also, I'm going to the chat board. So if you want to go into our YouTube chat board, we will read some of your comments. Lots to get to. want to go a little bit more heat-centric on this second segment. Kurt, I just posted a story at sunsentinel.com about the NBA play-in race and where the heat stand. And I posted that with the Nets' victory last night over the Houston Rockets and the Knicks' loss, even with their loss to the Charlotte Hornets, kind of surprising, ended their nine-game winning streak. The Miami Heat basically have to go 12-4 and over their final 16 games to avoid the play-in. You're talking about a schedule where you have road games in Toronto, in New York, in Washington, in Philadelphia. I'm not just sure it's going to happen. That's predicated on this. The Knicks and the Nets both winning the majority of their remaining games. In other words, the forecast I used is after last night's game, if the Knicks go 9-8, and eight, if the Nets go 9-8, and eight, the Heat would have to go 12-4, and four, uh, one to catch the Knicks, including two wins over the Knicks, win that tiebreaker. They have to finish a, rather catch the Knicks. To finish ahead of the Nets, they have to finish a game ahead because they've all already lost the head-to-head tiebreaker. They're 0-2 in that three-game series. To go 12-4, and four, the Heat would have to play their best sustained basketball of the season. Yeah. They certainly had their moments against Atlanta, but again, those were both clutch games within five points in the final five minutes. You, you don't sweep a bunch of those. The, the numbers catch up with you. So I'm going to start in two different, uh, three different places here. Again, if you're in the play-in, you have to win at least one or two single games to make the playoffs or you're done. You don't get to the best of seven first round. The NBA regular season ends on April 9th, a Sunday for the Heat. It's a 1 p.m. home game against the Orlando Magic. That helps travel-wise. That Tuesday or Wednesday of that week, the number seven and number eight teams meet in a game. Right now, that's the Heat hosting Atlanta. The winner of the 7-8 game, people write this down at home. I'm not repeating it. The winner of the 7-8 game plays the number two seed in the best of seven opening round. The loser, and I'm assuming the Heat don't drop below the 7-8 game. The loser of the 7-8 game is going to wind up hosting the winner of the 9-10 game. Right now, that's Toronto hosting the Wizards. The winner of that game gets the number eight seed. The problem, and there's several there for the Miami Heat of being in this predicament, is this. You give Eric Spolstra a week to prepare for someone, he's going to give you, I don't want to say the perfect game plan. I don't know if there's such a thing. But he's going to have you as well prepared as possible. If you're then playing a Tuesday and Wednesday, and maybe starting as soon as Saturday, the playoffs begin April 15th, there's a lot less time for that. There are tired legs for a roster that right now, half of the Miami Heat's rotation is 30 years or older. If you have to go to that second game, 
you're talking about a possible 48-hour turnaround to the playoffs. And beyond all of that, Kurt Heelan, and we spoke about this last week on a RedRecover.com inside the paint also, if you finish 7 or 8, there's a good chance you're going to wind up playing the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks, and that's a much tougher matchup. I know the Sixers are on the move, yeah. but a much tougher matchup than playing the Sixers because of Doc Rivers' playoff coaching history, because of the 76ers' playoff history. They have not made in the Embiid era the conference finals since he's been there, so you're going to have a little bit of consternation there. James Harden as playoff player hasn't exactly been at the top of his game. You have a chance. So I want to go over these components with Kurt Heelan. I can't believe I'm talking about this, but it seems this way. Number one, Kurt Heelan. The Miami Heat going 12-4 and four the rest of the season. Uh, you're now going to prize picks or some uh, fantasy betting site. You're betting the family's house out there in SoCal so you can move on up. <laughs> Heat going 12-4 and the rest of the way. Starting with two games against the Cleveland Cavaliers here at Miami Date Arena. Your thoughts on the possibility of that? Yeah, if I bet the house, even if I win it, um, my wife will have me living on your couch for a while. So <laughs> be, be careful with that. We, ha- we um, have a guest room. The kid's out of the house. Feel free. <laughs> um, 12 and 4 is a lot to ask. I actually have a similar story going up that would have gone up, hopefully, <laughs> due to some technical issues, will go up just after this show. Um, but I said the same. I feel like they're almost locked into the seven unless they get help from Brooklyn. Brooklyn has to. I don't think you're catching the Knicks. The Knicks are playing very good basketball right now. Um, you're going to need help from Brooklyn, even if you, like you said, I think nine and eight or or ten and sevens. Ten and sevens not an unreasonable number the rest of the way. But then you need a lot of help from Brooklyn, and that's still a pretty solid team. I'm not sure yeah, they're coming back that the much. Nine and but if you but you've got to get that seventh. You got to get that seven. Well, and we'll get to that in a second. I want to go over the Knicks and the Nets here for a second. I think we both agree 12 and four is hard for the Heat. So then yeah. you start coming down. You go 11 and five, 10 and six. You need help from the Nets or Knicks not going eight and seven. The Knicks open a four game Western swing in Sacramento on Thursday night. The Kings are flying high. Kings never get national TV. I, I believe if they win that one, they'll light the beam across America. So I wouldn't want to be in the air when that game is over, if it happens. The Knicks, of course, get a break going to play the Lakers without LeBron James. That matters. They get the Clippers, who are in a little bit of lineup funk right now, trying to figure who they are. You still never know about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And then they get the Blazers, who really are in in, in a tank state anyway. So where you might have said eight... they're trying to win. They are a one-man show. It's it's which Damian – can you contain Damian? Will you get 70-point Damian Lillard or not? Exactly. Yeah. So you have Dame Dalla in that in that regard. They do come home against the Nuggets, but they have a soft schedule. They have two against Indiana, two against Orlando. They have enough winnable games there. The Heat can get that tiebreaker by winning the two remaining games, one in New York, one in Miami. But that was a soul crusher last Friday na- night when Julius Randle hit a shot from his knees – that three-pointer at the end, so I don't know if you'll recover from that. The Nets are a little bit different. They don't have any tough road trips necessarily. They have a couple of games against Orlando. They have Detroit. They have another game against Houston. So, again, to get to eight and seven is not necessarily impossible for them also. Do you think – and, again, when I look at the Nets team, this is not the classic case of selling off a player for draft picks and having nothing left. They have Dorian no. Finney-Smith in there. They have Cameron Johnson in there. They, of course, have Mikael Bridges, who's been a breakout player. They still have Joe Harris, who's hitting three-pointers now. Nick Claxton, who's in the most improved player race right now. I would say eight and seven seems reasonable 
for the Brooklyn Nets, the balance of the season. Yeah, it is. I think that because they don't own their own picks the rest of the way, they all go to Houston. There was no point in them doing the Utah Jazz. The race to the bottom. Selling yeah. everybody race to the bottom. Because the value in that is having your own pick to use. They don't have it. So they got uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's in there still, I think. I think they, they've got, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they've got quality players all over that roster, good, solid role players who can – they're not an easy out. They're just they're, – they're a tough team. And, by the way, you mentioned Orlando a few times. Orlando's not an easy out right now. They're no, they, they play hard. They're over. They've been playing teams, really well. What lately. I try to say, soft or not soft, I, I looked at Orlando, yeah. another team that a lot of these teams play that he don't, but the Knicks and the Nets do, is the Timberwolves. Now, if Carl yeah. Anthony Towns comes down, and we've been waiting forever for that, they're a different team. They can be very good on some nights, very awful on some other nights. So I don't know necessarily whether to put them as an easy game, as a gimme for the Knicks and Nets. Those schedules look fine. Here's my other point, and I, and I raise this to you in our first segment. The Heat are now featuring five players who are 30 or older in their primary rotation. You have Kyle Lowry at 37, Jimmy Butler at 33, Kevin Love at 34, Victor Oladipo at 30, and Cody Zeller at 30. That's half, if not more than half, of your primary rotation. The Heat have four back-to-back sets left. They have one this Friday at home against Cleveland and that at Orlando. After that, they have three road-only back-to-back sets. At Chicago and Detroit is, is one of them. At Toronto, New York is another one of them. And the last week of the season at Philly and Washington. The Heat don't quit. We know that they have their mantra. They wear their jerseys. They have signs. They're the hardest working, best condition. As I like to continue that whole saying, and blah, 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 team in the NBA. Okay, I get all that. Do the Heat have to say to themselves, hey, we're going to have two must-win games possibly the week of April yeah. 9th. We have to start resting players. You're Eric Spolster. Congratulations. You're now making $8 million more than you do at Pro Basketball Talk. So good for you. Now you can get that second About $8 million more, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so my question is, do the Heat have to be cautious also of not this hell-bent race to try to get to five or six and instead accept reality, a team that very rarely accepts reality? I think that, like you said, because of the older roster, especially the last, you've got, you said one the last week, you really got, I mean, it depends obviously on where you are in the standings and how vital that game is and, and all that kind of stuff. But those are the games where, I mean, I think, yes, I think those are moments where you've got to pick one of the two and maybe the heat go, Hey, we can beat Detroit. So we'll sacrifice the first game and, and load it on you know, second night. Yeah. Then the, the worst team in the NBA over the last few weeks or whatever, pick your spots there and get the wins. Um, but yeah, I think with that kind of roster, I don't think they're the only team doing it. I think teams with the younger rosters are doing it too, but I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head. If you've got, if you have that must win potentially two must win games over, over that week, right after the season, then you have got to get the legs rest before that moment. And I think like you mentioned, Kurt, and I thought it was a very cogent point also is you also have to assure that you are getting that number seven seed. That, that yes. number seven matters because when you're the number seven seed, you do get home court in the first round, well, not first round, in the first round of the play-in. You win that right. game, you're off to play number seven. It's still a tenuous two-and-a-half game lead over the Hawks. It's really three because the Heat have the tiebreaker. But even tonight, the Heat are playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Both teams are rested. The Hawks are home against a Washington Wizards team 
that literally let, went to the last one-tenth of a second last night <laughs> yes. to eke out a victory in Detroit. Atlanta will want to bounce back from the two losses to the Heat. So the Heat-Hawks situation there could be down to a game and a half by the end of tonight's play. So the Heat do need to stack some wins also to be careful there. If you're going to play 7-8, you want to play 7-8 at home. One, you don't want to have to travel after your last game of the regular season. And two, I think the Heat, after what they did against Atlanta in these two games, would feel much more comfortable being, bringing Trey Young and those guys down here for another night on South Beach before a playoff game. So you have to be careful of that. Looking at the scenarios, Kurt Heelan, it looks like it'll be Heat Hawks right now. Yeah. If, if the Heat were to open against the Hawks at Miami Dade Arena, would you have the Heat favored in that play-in game? Absolutely. I just I don't I don't trust the Hawks at all. I do think Miami has, as we have discussed many times here, and I, frankly, it's something that should concern the heck out of Boston, who looks like the two seed. Miami's able to. Jimmy Butler ramps himself up. This is a sure. team and a franchise that really does understand rising to those moments in the postseason, and they sometimes they on here on Inside the Paint Recover.com show. We talk about oh, they've got to do more in the regular season. They got to be serious about the regular season, right. but they are very good about picking their the moment. you know the yes. moment in those playoffs. So I, yes, I would have the Heat as as favorites, um, not huge favorites, just because there's talent in Atlanta. They no, Trey Young, go, Young goes yeah, off exactly or like that it changes the equation. If the Heat were to open in Atlanta, would that change your thinking? Ooh, I, I, then I'd have it as a toss up. I think uh, Trey's a little more comfortable at home, but more importantly, it's, as guys, people, everybody knows, your role players are just more comfortable. You're just more likely to get good games out of the th guys down the roster. You're, you're the first guy off the bench than you are at home. They are uh, at home than on the road where guys tend to be – the role players tend to shrink a little on the road. Okay, so that would be the 7-8 game. The winner of that plays the number two seed, either Boston or Milwaukee. Outside chance, Philadelphia – which I think the Heat would embrace. The Heat would love nothing more than to see Philadelphia move to number two and get that series. That would be the 7-8. Winner advances to number two. Loser hosts the next game. Last chance for the playoffs. Right now, I'm assuming Chicago's had enough. They just seem like a team that wants to quit all season. I know that the lottery is not a priority to them because they've traded picks. I get all of that. The number 9-10 game right now is Toronto hosting Washington. How would you look at that game? Um... I mean, I've been higher on Toronto all season, but mm -hmm. they have disappointed me all season long. <laughs> um, I think the advantage – actually, I, I'd almost call that a toss-up also just because Washington does have guys – Beal is capable of rising to the moment. He is yeah. a very good player. And they have some depth. Kuzma can play. and has Kuzma can go off and have that 30-point game. Porzingis yeah. can go off and have Porzingis, that 30-point like, They're a dangerous playoff team. And again, this is almost NCAA tournament-like because it's one and done. So yeah, I'm not yeah, saying exactly. the team has to win a series. They have to survive. So let's say the Heat – I'm just spitballing now on a redrecover.com inside the paint show because of the predicament. Let's say the Heat lose that first game, I'm assuming, to Atlanta. They come home. Heat at home against Washington. Your thoughts on that? This is for the number eight seed. Again, I would have the I would have Miami favorite because Wizards just don't really protect the paint. They don't do. I think I think the athleticism and strength of Bam Adebayo can neutralize and, and give Porzingis problems. But again, that's just a scary team in any one game because of yes. the talent on the roster, because of 
and, and they're playing. You saw it on the game winner last night. Hey, everybody, everybody in that arena, everybody west of the Mississippi, east of the Mississippi knew, hey, you know what they're going to do is give it to Bradley Beal. But he's going to isolate. Right. And he misses, and Gafford is right there. Made the, the right play. The like, Reisman, they, they, yeah. They're playing some smart basketball. They're playing hard, and they're playing hard yeah. also. Heat yeah. against Toronto, if it winds up in that game for number eight. Toronto's a team that scares the bejesus out of me for this yeah. reason. You spoke about Washington having guys. To me, Pascal Siak can go off. Fred Van Vliet can go off. There's a couple yeah. of players there that can give you a 40-burger in that situation. And they're a little bit weird to play against. Just be, I think it hurts them over a long series, but their advantage in one game is um, – well, it's a little different now, now that they've added Jakob Pertl. They do have a traditional center providing rim protection that they desperately right. needed. But they don't play like a traditional team because two, three, and four are all long switchable and they can add guys at center. They can be – they're a team that can just – Nick Nurse can keep rolling guys out and rolling guys out to see who's got the hot hand and then ride it. Um, so they're a dangerous team. And, and also, he's a that would be a fun coaching matchup for one game just because – I mean. Yeah. And, and it was probably the best coach in the NBA and nurse is creative. And it would definitely be 89, 89 going into overtime. And the fact that we're <laughs> even talking about the heat in the, as the play in, in early March and resigned to it again, I posted a story at sunsentinel.com. I sort of broke it down is remarkable. After the break on redrecover.com inside the paint, I will go to the chat board. I know Alexis has been waiting and Richard's there. I want to talk about some heat roster decisions, rotation decisions. We spoke briefly about Kyle Lowry. I want to talk about Kevin Love when he comes back. Does he start? Omer Yurtsevin is now available to the Heat. Does that impact things? And we will go over the Heat's upcoming schedule, where, as we just said, every game is huge here on out. We will get to all of that. Hit us up on the chat board. We'll be back after these breaks on redrecover.com, Inside the Paint. 